0: Episode of Keep I apologize for the long break. It was a little bit unexpected, but I ended up on vacation. I, I didn't have my computer with me to edit the podcast while on vacation, so I had to take a little bit of an unexpected break. If a break happens in the future, I will do my utmost to let you know ahead of time because I can only imagine the heartbreak and the angst that you went through through this long. Break without my dulcet tones coming through your headphones. And I sincerely apologize for any distress that I may have caused. And all psychiatrist bills can be sent somewhere that is not to me. I don't have the money to pay for your psychiatrist. But I will be your psychiatrist for today, or at least hopefully a voice that when you listen to gives you a little bit of calm and a little bit of something to think about and hopefully relieves some of the stress that you might be experiencing in your life. So a lot happened while I was gone. Uh, we have a new president. His name is Joe Biden. For those of you who have not been paying attention to the news, even for those of you who haven't been paying attention to the news, and that's usually something that I would commend, you should at least know the president of the country that you live in and the vice president. You know, there's one thing to be obsessed with the news all the time, and there's another thing to just at least be informed. Anyway, we have a new president. I didn't watch the inauguration. All I can say about having a new president is that I am certain that he and I do not agree on a lot of policies and how the country should be run and where it should go. On the other hand, I will pray, as I have always prayed, that he and Kamala are guided by wisdom and truth and justice, and that they make decisions with wisdom and compassion, and that everything they do ultimately is for the good of the people of the United States and the people of the world. Because even though I might not Agree with him or like, I shouldn't say I don't like them, I don't know them, but even though I don't agree with their policies and the view on the world, I don't want them to fail because their failure means the United States is failure, and I live here and so do millions of innocent people. So I hope that they have wisdom and that the things they do turn out for the good, which is what we should all always pray for. It is in the prayer for the country that I mentioned in a previous episode. No matter who is in power, we should just pray that they are guided by wisdom and the things they do turn out for the best. There are some exciting things that people are celebrating about Biden and Kamala's inaugurations. They are excited about the fact that there is a woman as vice president, which is historical, certainly, because she is the first. Whether or not it's meaningful is a different question. They are excited about the all-female press corps and the gay cabinet member. Um, Here's the thing. Trump actually had a gay cabinet member, and he also had a female press corps. You're welcome to celebrate the fact that Biden and Kamala, or that Biden also has those things. If it's something you think is worth celebrating, then celebrate it. But don't celebrate it as a first when it's not a first, because that's dishonest. And in fact, Trump's gay cabinet member was Richard Grinnell, and he was specifically working on decriminalizing being gay in countries where it's illegal to be gay. That's pretty impressive. That's a big deal. Though, of course, if you look at the news about it, they say, well, he did it, but it wasn't enough because nothing that Trump did or anyone in his administration was ever enough. That's one way of looking at the world. Um, Not a lot of gratitude in that way of looking at the world. A lot of unhappiness if nothing is ever enough for you. And I feel bad for people who are like that. Um, But again, it's fine to celebrate that if that's something that matters to you. I don't think it should matter what gender someone is, what race someone is, what age someone is, anything like that. But if it's something that matters to you, then feel free to celebrate it. But just know that it's not a first. I will say it's something that doesn't matter to me, so I don't truly understand the desire of people to see people who look like them or who have the same experiences as them in positions of power or in media. However, I did, I was listening to a podcast of people I really respect, and they were talking about how meaningful it was to them that they were people that they have similar experiences to now in positions of power. And look, the only way we can ever understand other people is by listening to what they have to say. I've always thought it's a little bit disingenuous when people say, oh, we, you know, we need a woman as vice president or a woman as president or whatever the thing is. Because I think really what people just want are people who agree with themselves in power and who have similar ideas, and I don't think people, if it comes down to it, I don't think people really care about race and gender and ethnicity, because if they did, people would not have voted for Biden, because people were talking about how awful white people are, right? that was like half of the summer, but they voted for him because he, his policies and his outlook on the world reflected their policies and their outlook on the world. So. I've always thought that it was a little bit disingenuous when people say that that matters so much. However, listening to these two podcasters that I respect, it was clear that it really does matter to some people, and it's not always disingenuous. Whether or not that's a wise way of choosing a leader, whether in politics or at a company or an organization, that's a different question. But whether or not it can be inspiring To know that there's someone who has gone through this, theoretically, has some of the same experiences as you, now in a position of power, okay, I, I can understand why that could be meaningful to someone. I'm definitely coming around to the idea that various representation in media geared towards children could be important, because children are pretty impressionable, and when I was younger, something I was aware of, that... My favorite Disney princesses had blonde hair, and I had dark hair. Of course, that was when I was a kid. As I got older, I realized that it didn't matter. And Cinderella can be my favorite princess because of who she is, and it doesn't matter what she looks like. But I I can see why people think diversity in media, especially in terms of looks, can be important in terms of looks and abilities, because... Let's say there is a kid in a wheelchair, seeing a, a kid in a wheelchair on TV doing incredible things, I could see that being helpful in their development and realizing, oh, there are other people like me, first of all, and people like me can do whatever. So representation in media, especially for young people, I totally understand. But once we're adults, we should understand that how we look, I mean, it's shallow, ultimately, right? We give people a hard time for dating based off of looks, and why should looks about weight or how good someone's hair is, or makeup, or clothing, or anything like that, to people who don't care about race, those things are all the same. Your your race and what your skin tone is, is the same thing as your hair color. It might have something to do with my level of attractiveness to you, and it might have a bearing on what kind of clothing you wear, but ultimately it really doesn't matter. And I think as, as adults, we should realize that when we are choosing leaders, it's what their values are, what their policies are, what they do, not who their grandparents were, that matters. And I think this is very clear because, so Kamala is the first female vice president. Woohoo, congratulations to her. We had a female candidate for vice president. Remember Sarah Palin? And remember how awful the Democrats and the left were to her? Shouldn't they just have been excited about the prospect of a woman being vice president? But they weren't because she was a woman who didn't agree with them. So if everyone could just be honest and say, and maybe it's both, maybe people really would like there to be a woman, but more importantly is that it's a woman who they agree with. That's all. Let's just be honest about what we want. That's what's been happening in the, in the news a little bit. One more thing in the news, and I know this isn't a news podcast and I really try to stay away from it, but some things are just a little bit too big. And also we can learn, I don't really like to focus on the news, as you know, in terms of Here's what's happening minute to minute. What can we learn from it? So there were the riots at the Capitol. And just to be clear where I stand on riots, because apparently this is a thing we have to do now and declare our stance on everything all the time. Rioting is bad. Violence has a very limited application. If someone is beating you up and trying to steal your purse, be violent back and beat them up. But violence against innocent people is wrong. Um, I don't think this was an attack on our democracy. First of all, we're not a democracy. Uh, We're a democratic republic. That's first of all. Uh, Second of all, it just wasn't. I mean, that's just being overdramatic. If the president, God forbid, had been assassinated and people were trashing voting stations and intimidating people when they were trying to vote, like there are things that would be an attack on our democracy, on our ability to vote in a democratic way. But that's not what happened. This was people being irresponsible, uh, being violent, doing things. Illegal and immoral that they should not have done, um, but it wasn't an attack on our democracy. If there was an attack on our democracy, they were the riots over the summer perpetrated by BLM and Antifa. And the reason those are more of an attack on our democracy, if we're going to be that melodramatic, which I'm not being, but since that phrase has now been used, I now have the option to apply it somewhere else. The reason that's an attack on our democracy, I'm using democracy because we all use the term democracy, even though, again, that's really not what the United States is. As my husband will remind me all the time, people being able to make choices about their own lives and have private property is at the basis and foundation of our government and the way that the United States runs. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. If those things are under attack, that is an attack on our, on the very foundations of who we are as a country. And that's what Black Lives Matter and Antifa did. What the writers at the Capitol did was wrong, but at least they directed their ire towards the people who deserved it. Black Lives Matter and Antifa directed their ire at innocent civilians, at shop owners and people's homes. Okay, some of them went to police stations because they were saying, you know, all cops are awful and this is against the police. So that protests at police stations makes sense. But rioting at private businesses and homes of innocent people, that is immoral and wrong. And that is an attack on who we are as a country because if we are not safe in our homes and where we do business, and if we can't trust our neighbors to treat us fairly, then that's really problematic. So again, riots are bad, but if I had to choose between the two in some sort of hypothetical situation, I would choose the riots at the Capitol and none of this, oh, well I would choose neither, they're both bad. Adam Carolla would be very upset. If there's a hypothetical situation you have to choose. And if I had to choose, it would be the riots at the Capitol, because the, the rioters were angry at the government. So they rioted where the government is. They weren't angry at the government and then go riot at someone's flower shop. That's ridiculous and immoral. So that's that's thoughts on the riots specifically. But there was something that came to mind, that something that I realized during the news coverage, of the riots. So in my weekly staff meeting, which is of course on Zoom, one of the women, actually a few of them, mentioned multiple times throughout the meeting, oh, it's been such a hard week because of what's going on in the news. That gave me pause because, and this was now a few weeks ago, so I wish I remembered, but there was another story at the same, oh, I know exactly what it was. So that same week that there were the riots in the Capitol, someone that I know personally was at a target where a man came into the target and shot someone that he was having an argument with. And people, of course, fled the target, it was very scary. They didn't know at the time that he was targeting someone. Specifically, they thought it was just a gunman loose in a target. That wasn't national news. And so the people who were at that target were affected. Obviously the family of the person who was murdered were affected, but the rest of us went about our lives. Now, yes, the riots at the Capitol are of a greater proportion, and it does have more far-reaching implications than one person's murder. However, what I realized is if we don't, the news affects us as much as we let it affect us. And if we don't pay attention to the news, it's not going to affect us. There are things we need to know about in the news. The weather is very important. Traffic is very important because of COVID, all of the lockdown information, that sort of stuff is important. And yes, there are things that happen in the world that we need to know that could affect stock prices, that could affect our travel, that could affect our work. There there are things we need to know. There's actually so much that we don't need to know when it comes to news. Whether or not something affects us doesn't have to do with what's happening in the world. It has to do with how we choose to react to it. If we don't have the news on all the time, then the news isn't going to bother us all the time. Now, you could be a very sensitive person. and the type of person who is aware that even if you don't turn on the news, you know That there are bad things happening in the world all the time. As I speak to you, there are people being murdered. There are people being raped. There are people who are going hungry. There are children being abused by their parents. There are awful things going on in the world every single second. We, We don't even need the news to tell us that, to know it. We choose to go on with our lives anyway because we have to. Otherwise, we would be in such a deep, dark depression about the state of the world. I imagine we would all commit suicide. Same thing with the news. There are things we need to know and then we can turn it off and we don't, we can acknowledge that there are bad things in the world and move on. And we must do this. We must do the same thing when we hear the news. We have to acknowledge and be aware and file the information and move on. We can't let what happens in the news affect our mood and our happiness because then we would have to let everything in the world affect our mood and our happiness and we would never do anything. The strength of human beings is that we are able to be aware of what's going on and we should have compassion and do what we can, whether it's donating to a charity or volunteering our time, whatever the things are that we can do to improve the world. But we must keep going despite the tragedy of the human race and just my coworker's response to the riots and saying, oh, I had such an awful week. I also knew what was going on, but I didn't have an awful week. So clearly it's not the knowledge that does it, but it's a choice of how to act. Since this is a podcast that's really not focused on news and really more focused on how to live our lives and Torah, I'm going to bring in something from the recent Torah portions. In the last few weeks, we've been reading in synagogue about the Jews' enslavement in Egypt and the 10 plagues and their eventual exodus, and there are several places, which I'm sure many of you are familiar with, where the Torah says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And that's a really tough concept for a lot of people because it seems really unfair. Well, if God hardened Pharaoh's heart, then why should they have continued to be punished? He didn't have a choice on not letting the Jews go. Interestingly, I learned this week that the Hebrew doesn't actually translate to hardened. It translates to strengthened. It doesn't actually directly translate to hardened, interestingly enough. Something I realized this year, and I've Learned this since I was a kid, but it just struck me this year. There are two thoughts. The one that's frequently shared is that God hardening Pharaoh's heart actually is what gave Pharaoh free choice, because without the hardening of his heart, Pharaoh would have been freaked out by the plagues and would have said, Yeah, yeah, go get the Jews out of here for sure. So by giving Pharaoh strength, God actually gave him the ability to act with free will. But what I realized this year is along the same lines, but maybe one step further, God Might have made Pharaoh feel a certain way, but he didn't make him act a certain way. And connecting back to the idea of knowing what's going on in the news all the time, we might feel a certain way, but how we feel does not dictate how we act. We are humans and we have the ability to reason and to make choices which is what separates us from the animals. And it is important to remember that our feelings do not dictate how we act or don't have to dictate how we act, I should say. I mean, positive feelings, if they dictate that we act in a positive way, that's good. But we don't have to act angrily towards people just because we're angry. We don't have to lash out. We don't have to do bad just because we feel bad. This is going a little bit long, so I was going to talk about free speech, but obviously that is a big topic, so I think I'll save it for next time. But I do have one more thought that I wanted to share for my vacation. So we took a flight, and when we got into the airport, CNN was playing. Oh, and in the hotel, CNN was playing. Why do we have to have the news around all the time. First of all, why do we have to have the news before getting onto a flight? This is maybe a little bit personal, but I'm a nervous flyer. So I don't really need anything that's going to add to my anxiety before getting on a flight. We show me a cooking show or a HGTV, let's build a cool new house type of show. But in the hotel also, same thing. People are in a hotel, they're on vacation. The first thing when, when we came out of the elevator and walked towards our car, we couldn't avoid it. It was from the elevator's to the exit. So everyone who came downstairs, the first thing you saw was CNN. You're on vacation, I don't understand this need. And it's not about the fact of it being CNN. It's the fact of it being news. Why do we need to be surrounded by news? It's not helpful anyway. It's especially not helpful. Everyone's aware of how contentious people are and how much disagreement there is. Why are we adding more fuel to the fire? Put on sports on a cooking show, put on HGTV, put on music. We just, we really don't 24-hour news. I I would love to see a study that has proven that anything good has come out of the 24-hour news cycle because it seems to be only bad things. Heightened anxiety, heightened anger at each other. It's not worth it. So airports, hotels nail salons, hair salons, grocery stores, everywhere. Can you please just turn on some music or turn on a cooking show or have nothing because realistically everyone's plugged into their own thing anyway. We need to know what's going on in the world. Yes, we need to be informed people. Let's take a break, huh? Just a little bit every once in a while. I can absolutely guarantee that we would all be happier if we focused less on the news. Anyway, I apologize because that was a much news heavier episode than i usually do but hopefully there were still some things to think about thank you so much for listening and remember always be a little kinder than necessary thank you for listening to e pluribus unum i hope today's episode made you think or brought some clarity and positivity to your day subscribe to the show to always get the most recent episode directly to your device please leave a rating and a review and share the show with your family friends or anyone you think might benefit from a little torah wisdom and conservative thoughts For more of my thoughts and ideas I share from others, please follow me on Instagram at conservativejewishfemale or read my blog conservativejewishfemale.blogspot.com. The intro outro music is Chopin's Waterfall Etude. Have a great day!